I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Um, we were just talking about worn out labia. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a party yesterday. I was just telling Amy, because we're like, what are we going to talk about? Should we talk? Should we tell the folks about our sex lives? I'm like, mine's kind of boring lately. I haven't had like a ton of extracurricular sexual activities to talk about that are going to be, you know, useful. And you're, you feel the same. Maybe because we've just been in hibernation, Thanksgiving mode, eating all the foods and watching all the movies. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, I, I. You've been at a treat, retreat, right? Well, yeah, yeah. There's been a number of reasons why sex hasn't been on the table. More so, just conflicting with schedule stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's a. I think I talked recently on the podcast about my most interesting sex capades, which was the G spot thing. So. Oh yeah, but which then, is pretty interesting. But your friend talked about. But my friend yesterday, I was at a party and she was telling me about. Um, her and her boyfriend just broke up, whatever. And then she was talking about how she's like, you know, I was at the doctor the other day and they told me that I have a, my, my cervix is tilted just in such a way that um, when I've like over the years, one of my labia is more worn out than the other one. She's like, so if you look at it, one hangs a little lower than the other. I thought that was so magical. I was like, I've never known someone intimately enough to see their labias. Wait, did she show you? No. Oh, she told but you. But I just have a visual. But all, okay. So this is the thing, just like balls, right? They're like, all labia, all balls, like for the most part, they're not symmetrical. One's a little lower than the other. So like, yeah. is it because it's worn out or it's just naturally Those lower? Those were her words. Worn Those were her, her words that the way the cock, because she's heterosexual, she mostly sleeps with penis owning individuals. She said over the years from penetration, like she felt like the skin's different on one side than the other. Huh. It's like more plush and uh, supple on one side, and the other one's a little bit more worn down. Cool. This is what she said. I was like dying laughing. I was like, "This is amazing." Her doctor told her that, like, "Oh, you have a worn down labia." From- She's a nurse, so I don't uh, know. Okay, was there there was some. She used some medical term for it. Is I don't it, remember it. There's some terminology for it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, on that note, let's talk about the <laughs> diversity of vulvas. This is, this is, uh, and I actually was listening, re-listening to the podcast that we did with Susan Breton, which was awesome. She had a lot of great things to say, um, and she talked also about like some um, uh, vaginal rejuvenation that she's done. And I didn't, she wasn't talking about trying to make her pussy like symmetrical, but there, this is a thing where people think that their pussies should be like the perfectly pink, light pink pussy, all symmetrical that you see in pornography. And they're not that like, there's such a diversity of vulvas. And one thing I did once I, um, tried to Google the diver, like I forgot what I tried to put in there, but I was trying to get one image with a whole bunch of vulvas in there to show the diversity of them. And there's like nothing on there. If you try to look up like the di- like something around diversity in vulvas or, or I don't know, it's just, they're all like symmetrical, they're pink, or it'll give you like, um, or, or like uh, the vulva of a uh, black woman, you know, like things are just, it's just a little limited in what you can find. There's just, it's not... It's all for mainstream porn. It's super limited, and it's, uh, again, they're, like, trying to go for the perfectly symmetrical thing, and that's not what they look like. And this is another reason why I like OMGS. Yeah. This is why I like OMGS is because it shows you the diversity of vulvas and also teaches you some techniques. But that's one beautiful thing is that you can watch as you can see, like, labia that's in like internal like you can barely see the labia there's like a, a massive clit no like a tiny little clit a huge clitoral hood uh, different colors where you know different color skins and shapes and sizes and this yeah. is really important because you don't see this in mainstream porn and people have such shame around their their pussies so this is not what omgs was created for it was created as a research pro it was research based so they studied with over 2000 women and they surveyed them on how they like to pleasure themselves 
themselves and how do they find, how do they reach orgasm from external stimulation? And then they broke it down in all these awesome videos and all these categories for you to learn how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. But for the most part, it's awesome because it teaches you ways to add new awesome sexy things to the menu that your body might like that you never even knew to try. So go check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we're constantly a playground for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are we are our own research projects. Yes. And just true. and just because we think that we've mastered something doesn't mean that there's so much more out there that can like up our game. And you're always changing. Yeah. Your we're always changing. changing. Yeah. The one pleasure that I liked, you know, when I was 25 is different from when I'm 33 now. Yeah. So finding new techniques. So go to omgs.com backslash shameless and then you get $5 off. Totally worth it. Highly recommend checking it out. It has changed our lives. And you're finding future research. Um, it's true. It's research based. It's awesome. So um, we this episode, everyone, is from. Well, no, wait. Oh my god, I was just gonna say Sean the Love Drive. That's uh, next week because <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded with him too. We but did. we'll give that a shout out. If you all liked the episode that we did, which which was called um, "Everything Women Wish You Knew About Eating Pussy," with Sean from the Love Drive. We just recorded with him in San Francisco. That's where we are now. That will be on the air next week. So. Definitely tune in next week, and that episode is actually going to be everything men wish you knew about sucking cock. Mm. Great title with a great human. Um, but this one is with Dr. Allison Ash, also known as Ellie. Uh, she is here in the Bay Area, and um, this one is called How to Be an Intuitive Lover. It's really good. I learned some really awesome tools she's on this show. awesome because she's like that fusion of, we right. were talking about this, you know, the fusion of someone who can talk about like the how-to academic side of sex and fuse it with the more like the energetic, um, what we're like kind of wooey, but just more like energy and body-based. Relatable. Yes. She can speak to anyone and everyone, whether you're someone who is a heady person or a heart-centric person or both. Uh, she has something for you. So she's awesome. I really enjoyed that we're doing this episode. I learned a lot. I want to listen to it like five times. And we're about to go to a yoga class too. Yeah. yeah. Our friend that teaches yoga. Yeah. Isn't she doing a workshop or something? She's doing, she does, Richard, she has another thing coming up in February. So I plug it then um, in February. But um, yeah, our friends, our friend Sarah, shout out to Sarah. We're giving her name on here, which she, but I think she said that we could. So, Um, but we'll be doing some little plugs for her soon. So yeah, we're going to go do our little uh, hot yoga. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get all sweaty. And then we're going to drink some wine. We brought some Margins wine up to drink. Yeah, Sarah's never had it. I know. Oh, we're going to share it. Go to MarginsWine.com. If you don't know by now, you can definitely check it out on um, our website. You can, oh, yeah. Is there a link to Margins Wine on our website? I think so. But yeah, yeah go to MarginsWine.com. And um, if not, go to our website. But I think there should be links in there. And you can get, sh- you can get if you buy... Three, three or more. bottles or more, you could get 10% off by using the code SHAMELESSSEX10. If you buy six or more bottles, 15% off, use the code SHAMELESSSEX15. Tell your friends, send it as a gift. The holidays are coming, and wine is the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Well, it only gives as soon as the bottle's empty. <laughs> goes, but still. And but, nice but this gesture. one doesn't keep giving a hangover. No. Because it doesn't have the, it gives it back sulfates to the or small winemakers. Yeah. Was it's it not mass produced. Sulfates? Sulfites. Sulfites. It's low on them. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's raw wine. It's it's amazing, and like we were saying, we, well, we the natural have... occurring sulfites that occur in nature will uh-huh. exist, and they don't use a machine to harvest, so the grapes aren't all bruised, and they don't need pesticides or mm-hmm. a lot of the herbicides that they use um, in large mass-produced wines. Mm-hmm. We bring good. we bring it to holiday parties these days, and uh, people are very impressed by it. They love it. We love you, Martin. Are we you love gonna our tell folks about who our guest is? Yes, I'm gonna tell. Oh, but yeah, but there's a new thing. There's a new product that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, it was the new product by Bijou that we want to talk about that we're really excited about. It's super cute. They, I think we did talk about it very briefly on a podcast, but we didn't really go into depth. And they sent you one, and it looks like an advent calendar, but it's called the Twelve Sexy, Sexy Days. Sexy Days. And it's by Bijou, and it's a woman-owned company, and it has twelve different little compartments that you open on each day, and you get to choose when those days are. Mm-hmm. Great for Hanukkah. What is that? Eight days? We're yeah, that's eight days. days. Yeah. Um, and then, but why not give a gift that keeps on giving? You know, not just have one day. And it has all these little things with like sexy body jewelry there's their their choker blindfolds there's, cuffs there's there's like a little vibrator in there there's a ton of different stuff it's like a $500 value yeah. and i believe they're giving you a discount but it's 195 on their website bijouindiscrets.com but if you use cuz you're a listener of ours and they love us you can use a code shameless it's shameless shameless sex, sex and on you their get 15% website. off on their website yeah. and it's called so go look up 12 sexy days it's a great gift item and it's, i think it's limited time only so definitely check it out and it has like body adorning jewelry it's even good like i would give it to one of my girlfriends as a gift for their birthday or for because it is just fun and sexy well it's yeah and then and then like you were saying april the every day you 
you can give it to like a lover and every day it's and it's i think most it's what anyone could wear but for the most part i think it's like pretty geared towards female body folks Mm -hmm. and they could open it up every day and then they have a new sexy thing to wear for your lovership check it out you're you'll uh, it's beautifully done beautifully packaged and they're there are two women that own the company from Barcelona, Spain, and yeah. they really take pride in what they do. And they sell beautiful stuff all over the world, and yeah. they believe in us. Go scope and it. We believe in that. So Bijou Indiscret. How do you even spell that? B-I-J-O-U-X-I-N-D-I-S-C-R-E-T-S. You in the spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was I, really well I, done. I <laughs> she had like one eye closed, you know, when you're trying to use visu- your brain. I'm visualizing it. Oh, I was like, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? It means jewelry in, in French. Did you win the spelling bee when uh, you were Francais. a kid? No, I came in second. <gasps> I knew you were doing what yeah. Yeah, you Yeah, I'm, I think it's my so hidden smart. talent, but you're not so, so smart, Chip. Oh, yeah, just super smart. You're just smartest little Chip. All right, y'all want to know about Dr. Allison Ash, everyone? Yeah, Chip, let me read you. Oh, I lost the bio. Okay, Chip, everyone, entertain them really quick. Go. Okay, so. Tell them a joke. Um, what do one side boob say to the other side We already boob? told that one. What are a couple new? that think we're nuts. <laughs> what else you got? Um, well, let me think here. I don't have much. That's it? Um, I can usually think of jokes. Oh, here. If you say the word razor blades, it sounds like rise up lights. If you say rise up lights, if like I'm an Australian, so razor blades, rise up lights. Uh, you get that? <laughs> that does. That totally works. That's rise cute. up lights. Razor blades. Okay. It I'm sounds like rise up lights. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. It's never a dull moment with us. All right. So. <clears throat> Dr. Allison Ash is a sex and intimacy coach and educator who helps her clients radically explore and courageously express themselves. Allie designs workshops and offers individuals and couples coaching to give others the tools to discover their desires and confidently pursue them. She invites you to turn on pleasure, intimacy, and love at www.turnon.love. All right, you ready to go? I'm all ready. Let's do it. All right, everyone, it's episode time, as promised. Um, I'd like to set the scene. We're here in Oakland in the office of Dr. Allison Ash, also goes by Allie, as we have, uh, well, we, you will probably hear us reference uh, her as. And this is, uh, if you've never been in, like, awesome buildings in Oakland or the Bay Area, you probably should check them out. They're like, I mean, that just, this one wasn't really, like, a, it's like a lofty, I don't know, do you, what do you, what would you, how would you describe it? It was definitely hidden. It yeah, was, it's, it's a, a hidden little gem. hidden gem. Yeah. We walked in and was like, wow, yeah. look at this. We're not going to give you uh, the address. It's almost like a <laughs> warehouse that's yeah. renovated and it's very, it's chic. It's yes. got it's some character. And then on like the, there's a bookshelf and we have books such as The Ethical Slut and Urban Tantra and The Guide to Getting Paradoxes It On. Paradoxes of Gender. We have uh, Dr. Allison Ash's uh, degree from Stanford University on the wall oh, too. Right. Hey. All right. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, painting the picture. Um, so... Allie, Dr. Allison Nash. We're going by Allie. I'm going to go by Allie if that's okay. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell our listeners more about how you got to be where you are today in this field of sexuality? Sure. Um, well, I got my PhD from Stanford in sociology where I specialized in sex, gender, and sexuality. And one of the papers that I published with my advisor was examining orgasm differentials. Why were college women orgasming so much less often than college men in kind of every type of relationship structure, but especially in hookups. Mm. And uh, what were some of the social reasons that could explain this discrepancy? And a lot of what we found was that, at least for college women, uh, both college-age women and men didn't really feel like the women were entitled to pleasure in casual sexual encounters Mm -hmm. and that the women weren't engaging in the kinds of activities, whether it was foreplay or communication or advocating for what they wanted, that would be most likely to lead to orgasm. And we spent years on this project and got a lot of press around it, which was really fantastic. And then my advisor was ready to move on to the next research endeavor. And for me, I was like, wait a minute, there is so much juice here. There are so many interesting findings that can create real life change and knowing that my own experience with pleasure and intimacy had been quite, you know, colorful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that 
I didn't really have the intimacy skills I wanted for most of my life to be able to advocate for myself in the way that I do now. And I was really inspired to start creating workshops for adults outside of academia to give them access to the kinds of tools and perspectives they would need to have the kinds of sexual experiences and romantic relationships that they want. Because, I mean, if we're going to really be honest about it, most of us aren't taught it at home. We're not taught it at school. And yet we're expected to know it. And there can be a lot of heartache that comes from this expectation of knowing and the lack of knowing where to get the information that we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of trial and error. That's interesting that you were a part of that research uh, because that I think that, that was like, that's I've heard that that's a newer statistic for me. I don't even know the statistics, I would say, but that uh, I guess some of um, the worst sex that women experience is in college. And that's just so interesting because people think of it as like, oh, college, sex, freedom, I'm out of the house. And it's like, Usually not the not you not usually but often not the best sex specifically for women. A lot of drunken sex too. Mm -hmm. A lot of drunken sex yes. and um, a lot of hookup sex. And for some reason, we know we just found that there was this new sexual double standard where women are more entitled to have hookup sex or casual sex uh, without the same cost to the reputation that they might have had when our parents were in college, mm -hmm. um, but that there is this lack of entitlement to pleasure, which mm -hmm. just, I was really surprised to see it across the board. I mean, we would we did interviews as well, and there were just so many women that said, well, you know, maybe if I was in a relationship, I would feel more comfortable with him going down on me. Or men saying, you know, hookup sex is about my pleasure, but if I'm in a relationship, then my sense of masculinity comes into play, and I really want to be a good lover, but... That only matters if I if I love her mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Do you think the online apps are like app dating has had something to do with that as well? Like Tinder, just because it, it's so accessible, you can just swipe left or right. So it makes it like less connected. Less connected. Or? And it's kind of like a game. Yeah. I think that, that if I was to do the research on that, I wouldn't be surprised to find similar findings. Okay. Right. Because it takes trust and intimacy to be able to communicate and to be able to ask for what you want. And I think part of what's happening in the background is that there's this really interesting gender dynamic where women are socialized to be emotional caretakers mm -hmm. and men are socialized to be super competent, uh, especially when it comes to sex. And so what happens is, is that women aren't going to be as forthcoming about asking for what they want because they're protecting of course, these are heterodynamics I'm talking about, but they're protecting the man's sense of competency and masculinity. And so they're prioritizing his emotional well-being over her own pleasure. And the men aren't asking because they don't want to seem incompetent. And so both mm. people are really suffering in this experience of trying to figure out what the other one likes or trying to get what they want without ever having an open conversation about it. And it requires a lot of intimacy and trust to be able to step into that and that's harder to do I think for many people in these fleeting encounters I was just we were just at a our, our ninth annual Thanksgiving party last night with our like a Friendsgiving and I was sitting with two other women talking about um about how we don't often have these uh, these sensual or just like snuggly or experiences with people of, um, I don't want to say the opposite sex, but people uh, that are of the gender that we're usually attracted to or sleeping with. And because there's this part of us that feels like if we go into that space, then we, our, our subconscious is already like, you owe them something. There's something else that's going to have to come out of it. Um, and there's just, I'm seeing that it's just kind of correlation between there, the way, um, we're getting in our own way, right? To like protect them by not having to have let make them feel rejected, um, but and then I, at, at the same time getting in our own way of experiencing deep connection that can happen even when it's not romantic. You know, there can still be closeness or snuggliness or flirtation or touch, but because I feel like I have to protect these other people from me rejecting them and not. You know, it's just, it, it gets, it's this whole cycle that I see what you're talking about. So Yeah, I yeah. spent a lot of my life putting up walls when I could tell that a man was interested in me and I didn't reciprocate, rather than just trusting them to hold my truth and letting them decide, do they still want to interact with me in the ways that are available? And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that there is a lot of grief that I experienced when I realized this around all the missed opportunities for connections and friendships and platonic intimacy and physical touch that I, I just let go of because I was too afraid of rejecting someone or of hurting their feelings or of being seen as a tease, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leading anyone on. It seems, so coming into the topic of how to be an intuitive lover, 
I mean, this will dive deeper into this. And this also comes into play here, too, because how to be intuitive lover means turning off a lot of the mind and the busyness and the stories and that I need to be this way to do this for this reason and coming more into the, that you're talking about the trust and the feeling. Um, and so it seems like that is actually probably one of the tools for what we're talking about. Right. right that's exactly right. That and having a high capacity to communicate both verbally and non-verbally, mm-hmm. right? Which requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Which so many people are terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially the when it comes V word. Included. I'm like, I'm strong woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not vulnerable. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keep trying, yep. Chip. <laughs> so okay, so how to be intuitive lover? Then let's let's go deeper into this uh, this topic uh, because we do talk about this kind of thing. I don't know if we were saying intu- intuitive is not the word that we use. We do often refer to getting out of your mind into your body and operating from that place. And I will say. One, it's easier said than done. Two, we have a lot of listeners that have sent us emails that are like, you keep saying this, I don't know how to do it. You know, or I try, but it's hard. My mind is really busy. I keep going through all these stories when I'm touching or being touched. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you elaborate more on this? Like, what, what does it mean to be an intuitive lover? Yeah, I think that embodiment is definitely the foundation of being an intuitive lover because your intuition resides in your body, right? It's a skill that we can learn to develop. It's not either something you're born with or not. You're out of luck, right? We can learn how to be intuitive. And a big part of that is learning how to tune into your body and the signals that your body is sending you. You There's so much wisdom in the body, but we live in a society that prioritizes and values the rational thinking mind and devalues the wisdom of the body, so much so that we don't know how to speak the language of sensations and the language of emotions, which are the languages of the body. And to be able to understand how our sensations can help inform our emotions and inform our thoughts and give us a greater wealth of information to draw from. So I definitely say that embodiment is a key part um, and we can talk more about how to do that. And then just kind of to lay the to give the lay of the land, I think attunement is something that then stems from being embodied and attunement is the ability to kind of sense where the other person is at and to be able to adjust accordingly so that they feel safe and met. And then learning how to touch for your own pleasure so that you can stay connected, even when you're in a place of giving, stay connected to what feels good to you, which allows you to create what I call pleasure loops, which is when you can experience pleasure from the act of giving pleasure, and then the receiver of pleasure can experience more pleasure knowing that the giver is enjoying giving. I want that. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> I need some of that. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. We'll take two, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, okay. So then, yeah. So there's the um, yeah embodiment piece. I'm wondering which parts are easiest to like di- go into there more. I mean, it sounds like the embodiment is kind of like a foundation of it. You can't do any of this unless you're not on your body. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of different skills that we can have to learn how to develop embodiment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that having a daily embodiment practice is really important. And if you are a dancer or um, an athlete, uh, you will probably already have a greater sense of embodiment. Um, And then I would say, whether you do or don't, learning how to be embodied with intentionality is really important, mm-hmm. which might be something that uh, athletes aren't really conscious over. So I would say that embodiment is the ability to tune in and notice what's happening in your body, right? Noticing all the sensations that are there, um, noticing where you feel tight, where you feel loose, where you feel um, sensation, all of that is important. And so I think that body scan meditations are fantastic. Mm. You can YouTube body scan meditation. They range from five to 60 minutes. I love body scan meditations. Yeah, they're so, so e- like it's mm. easy because it helps you to stay with that single point of focus, but you connect with your entire body. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're guided. So yeah. that's also really helpful. I, I prefer guided meditations personally because otherwise, Me too. It's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's more challenging. And if you go to my website, turnon.love, and look at my resources page, I have a list of sensations uh, that you can download. And what I recommend doing is reading through the list of sensations before you do a body scan or any other embodiment practice. Mm-hmm. Because in so many ways, language helps to define our experience. If we have a greater vocabulary, it can help us differentiate between subtleties, like the difference between 
cold and clammy or heavy and weighty or tingling and electrifying. Mm -hmm. And as we start to have a broader vocabulary, uh, then we can start to really understand all of the different sensations that our body has the capacity to detect. Is this something that you recommend? I mean, obviously daily before you're going to go into an experience with a lover. Uh, is that something also, so focusing on your breath, uh, if folks don't, like they're at a lover's house and they're going to, they think they're, you know, there could be some some sexual connection happening. Is this something they can do in the bathroom real quick? <laughs> <laughs> bathroom quick? <laughs> bathroom quick? No, like they could be like, I just need to take a minute yeah. and just deep breathe and kind of go three minutes into tuning into their bodies. Scan your body, scan your genitals. <laughs> Definitely. There are some things that you can do by yourself in the bathroom. There are also some things that you can do with a lover or a partner okay. to help get into your body. So, um, you know, stretching uh, tensing your muscles and then relaxing them. Those are all things that you can do to just in the moment immediately get into your body. Um, when you're with someone, try uh, sinking your breath with them. Mm, yeah. I like that. It can be really helpful. I love that. Yeah. Breathe with me, Amy. Um, the three things that are most helpful for co-regulation, which is syncing up your nervous systems, is eye contact, um, sinking your breath, and touch. Mm. So another thing I like to recommend to my clients is Get or give a massage. Mm. Ask for a head scratch or a back scratch. Mm. Um, notice, like, maybe you can even do something where you use your hands to, like, write a word on someone's back and they're trying to figure out what the word is that you're writing on their back. Mm. That's a really good way oh. of getting in your body because you're putting all of your attention on the touch. On the yeah. touch. And that's playful and kind of fun. I yeah. like that. Mm. Um, and, and on the note of, of intuition in, in, in embodiment, too, I notice for me uh, when I am feeling like there's a deeper place where my intuition comes from as a heady person. I'm so good at just like overriding that thing. I'm like, you know, in, inside, like I'm getting a feeling and it's coming more from like heart or from the gut about a choice that or something I'm thinking about. And um, and I override it with my mind instead. So um, do you have any advice on how people can tap deeper into that intuitive place? I mean, I know it's hard for some folks. It's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I think something that's really important is to to have a same team approach, right? I think that the one of the best ways to create safety is to name the elephant in the room. So if you're in your head and you're trying to get out of your head and in your body, but you're doing that on your own, then that can be a source of disconnection and it can actually feel quite lonely and frustrating. And so one thing that I always recommend is to say, I want to get out of my head and in my body right now. And I'm actually having a little bit of challenge doing that. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's like you actually have to talk about whatever's on your mind, get it out to create space. That's totally an option. Or, you know, saying, can we cuddle? Or can you just stroke my hair? Or whatever it is that's going to create a sense of partnership in this joint exploration around embodiment. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Do you want more of that? Yeah, well, I'm so in my head all the time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about how now I can get out of my head. Uh, even like when I try to tap into my heart or my body and I try to do some breathing, I'm still in my head. I'm trying to, so I'm thinking it's of like this, this, because there's this, this part about, because we're, you know, teaching all these like how to things about how to be a great lover, which is a lot, a lot of our listeners want. And I think skill is important. But I'm wondering what your thoughts on like how much skill is like a little too heady and is getting in our way from touching and being touched from our body, right? Like, it, what, is there like a perfect balance? Is there too much? I think that skills are important because we gain a sense of confidence from feeling like we have a sexual repertoire that we can draw from, right? There's a lot of security in knowing that you have some tricks and some ability. Um, and I think that what we want to move away from is this kind of agenda-like orientation towards sex. Mm. And any time that you have an agenda, it's going to create less pleasure, I think, and less intimacy and connection because there's going to be pressure and expectations, yeah. right? And I know that for me and for most people I work with, pressure and stress are some of the biggest boner killers out there. <laughs> for my lady yeah. boner as yeah. well. All right? boners, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. 
So I think that what's helpful is to, you know, see coaches, go to workshops, you know, spend some time where you're going to be heady. That's the intention mm -hmm. so that you can learn skills so you can practice them. That's why I love workshops. You can like prototype these skills in like a non-pressured kind of arena. And then when you get towards actual having intimacy, just start to trust that you have those skills to draw from. And that every person is different and what even each individual wants changes from time to time. And so you have absolutely no capacity to know what this person wants in every given moment. That's just not a capacity that any human has. Mm -hmm. And so to take some of that pressure off of yourself and to learn how to be intuitive, but also learn how to communicate and to ask. I just love it when somebody asks me what I want and make space for my own voice because I know what I like and I want to feel like I'm contributing uh, to this dynamic that, that I want you to know what I like and I want to know what you like and then together we can, together we can discover what we like. Mm -hmm. What about for the folks who... Um who don't know what they like, you know, like that's, that's a that thing happens. too. When people ask them like, what do you want? What do you like? Like, er, I have draw I go blank. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that, um, you know, a lot of people can go blank in those moments. And I would say that I have found that people that have, um, not a lot of experience or even folks that have chronic body pain, body shame, survivors of abuse, gender dysphoria, all of these folks have developed this really wise protective strategy of living in their head and not being in their body. And so just to name that, that there are these reasons why it could be hard to know what it is that we want. Of course, desire and pleasure live in the body. So if we don't have the capacity to be in our body, it's going to be really hard in those moments to know what we want, especially if we have this history of people asking us what we want and then we have that deer in mm -hmm. the headlights ex experience and then the shame that can come mm -hmm. from not knowing can make it into the self-fulfilling prophecy where then you get anxious around somebody even asking you. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend is in those moments to say, I'm not quite sure what I want and I really want to learn. Can mm. we explore together? Mm, I love that. Mm. Right, Naming the elephant mm. in the room, leading with vulnerability. And I have to tell you that I have never met someone that wasn't like, oh yeah, I'd love to yeah. explore. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to explore now. I'm bored. Yeah. It's really you should, flattering yeah. To, yeah. to be asked. Well, that. and it's more like, can we, it's an invitation to create together too. Mm -hmm. and while being completely honest about where someone is at. So I really like that. Can you say it one more time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not exactly sure what I would like, and I want to explore. Mm -hmm. Can we explore my desire together? Yeah, sold. <laughs> I like that so yeah, much. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that applies to a lot of our listeners, too. Like, uh, they get that, yeah, the deer in headlights is a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the another, another piece that you mentioned, so that's in the embodiment piece, right? So the attunement piece, yeah. which is really, I think important i mean um, even more not more so than embodiment but in general so can you kind of enlighten us on the attunement piece sure so attunement is the ability to be able to read where the other person is at and adjust accordingly and you know, so much the vast majority of what we communicate is communicated non-verbally it's communicated in our tone of voice in our body posture in the pace of which we communicate um, in our breath eye contact etc and so when you can not be in your head and be more in touch with your body and connected with the other person, it makes the space to be able to be more observant around these aspects of nonverbal communication. And so what I would suggest is to actually spend some time people watching and see if you, especially if you can find pairs of people and see if you can guess, like, what is the energy between the two of them? What is the relationship like? How familiar are they? Are they feeling connected? Are they feeling frustrated? Like, just start to put on your, like, Sherlock Holmes hat and see how much you can start to pick up when you are intentionally putting your effort around reading body language. I love that. It sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Experiencing or looking at other couples, mm -hmm. really okay. Yep. So that's one way to start, and then start applying what you're what you're noticing into your in, into your own interpersonal dynamics. And I think that it's really important to use verbal communication to be able to better interpret nonverbal communication in the beginning. So I think that in the beginning of any kind of relationship, you're going to have a lot more verbal communication, which means it's going to be a bit of a headier experience just to like accept that and make space for that. Because in doing so, you're going to start to really understand your, the other person's mannerisms, 
um, and what that particular look what means or when they squeeze you in this particular way, what that might mean. Um, and so I love debriefing. I wish that there was a sexier word for debriefing because <laughs> I think debriefing is so hot. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you know, even if sometimes it's hard to communicate before or during, but afterwards when you already have this kind of intimacy and connection that was created share what that was like for you what did you find particularly hot and enjoyable um especially i love skill bidding so whenever somebody does something i'm not familiar with i'm always like what was that one thing you did right there (laughs) can you show me that again um and also make space for is there anything that you would want differently or something that you want to explore and try next time Uh, and my favorite way of debriefing because i just think it's extra hot is I'll tell one of my lovers, uh, can you describe to me what just happened, but as if you're talking to your best friend and refer to me in third person? Mm. That's powerful. Yeah, because then you get to really see the experience through yeah. their eyes. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Mm. And I guess my, I'm, I guess I would say to do it without expectations, probably like don't expect, don't su- ask them to do that. Expecting them to say a certain ha- a certain thing about the experience could be yeah. a set up for failure. Totally. This is not your opportunity to fish for compliments. Yes. Right. This is your opportunity right. to gather data. And yeah. if you're noticing that there's a part of you that's feeling like maybe a little insecure or wanting to get some affirmation, again, just ask for that. Mm-hmm. I often say after sex. Wow, I'm noticing I'm feeling really vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. I would I would really like to just connect emotionally. Can mm-hmm. you share with me how that impacted you or what about that was pleasurable or enjoyable for you? Mm-hmm. So if you want something specific, ask for it. But if you're wanting to just to gather information around what that experience was like for them, then a more open-ended debrief can be really useful. I think so often people make a request for something or ask a specific question expecting a certain response. And then when they don't get it, they get uh, really Sad. upset. Yeah. They're like, that's not what I wanted to hear. I know. <laughs> like, it's well, true. I should have been more specific with what you were asking. Mm-hmm. Is this all, so is this all part of the, the loop that you were talking about then? Or no, that's a separate. Well, yeah, we're, we're working we're going our way it. right up okay, to that. Good. Totally. Let's get in that loop suit. <laughs> I would say that the one thing that's important to cover before we talk about pleasure loops is this concept of touching for your own pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so often when we are touching someone else, whether that's giving a massage or maybe a hand job or fingering or oral sex, what we're doing is we're trying to figure out what they like. And that's a very heady experience. Mm. And what I want to invite listeners to do instead is to connect to their own pleasure. So one way of doing that is to breathing, breathe into your genitals, to flex the muscles that you would uh, squeeze to prevent yourself from peeing in the middle of of your urination so that you can um, start to pump energy to your genitals. So as you breathe in, squeeze those pelvic floor muscles. As you breathe out, relax them. And to just start to do several rounds of that so you're connecting with, oh, yeah, I have a pussy or, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I have a cock, remembering that you also have uh, a body and to connect with it. And then to get really curious and see if you can create a connection between your hands and your genitals so that what you're, or your mouth and your genitals, Mm -hmm. so that what you're touching is feeding the desire in your genitals and that the desire you're cultivating in your genitals is feeding the curiosity and exploration of your hands. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so of course, to be able to do this, you need to be out of your head and into your body. Um, and, and what I have found that's so useful about touching for your own pleasure is that not only does it make it a more enjoyable experience to give, but it actually helps the receiver enjoy and receive more as well. So it's not selfish in any way. And what I'm not advocating for, of course, is to forget about consent, right? So don't touch for your own pleasure uh, without caring about whether the other person is a yes or a no. But what I am advocating for is not to forget or subjugate your own desire in the process. Mm. And so as you're touching in a way that feels good to you, the receiver is going to notice that you're enjoying it. Mm. And they're gonna have to, they're gonna get the opportunity to stop caretaking you, worrying about are you with me? Are you enjoying it? Am I taking too long? Am I taking too much pleasure? Is it my turn to have to give back? They can see that the giver is enjoying giving, which just make allows them to surrender into receiving, which makes all of it feels so much better. Mm. Yeah, that's so, that's so helpful. Yeah, but I, I yeah I like that. I remember learning a little bit about that in Somatica, and I remember learning. I was this is the exercise I did with Emily Emily Morse. Oh yeah, and she was my partner. 
She does the podcast um, Sex, Sex, with with Sex with Emily. I almost forgot her name. She's the reason why we have a podcast. <laughs> uh, and I was touching her in it, and I was supposed to touch her for my pleasure. I think it was that one. Or maybe just bringing your... Anyways... I was just touching her mindfully in this way that like I had conceptualized in a heady way of how to be mindful as I'm touching, like mindful for the sensations, mind and present for the sensations. Uh. There was no eroticism there. There was no connection to my own pussy. There was no like, like me bringing in that eroticism into it. And I remember uh, our instructor came by Celeste. She's like looking at Emily and she's like, Emily, how is that for you? And Emily's like, eh. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. And I was like, shit, okay. So then I ha- had to like really hone that in. And through that exercise, I, I learned that the difference between ca- calculating how to be, uh, you know, a mindful lover and be present, that's one level. And then the next level up is to bring my eroticism into it too. And just like intuitive, intuitively by charging that part of myself internally and then putting that out externally and just being present for that. It was like a whole different story. And after that, I was like, oh, I have a superpower now. But it took failure <laughs> to get that. Yeah. And also it takes this feeling of entitled to pleasure, mm-hmm. right? We're coming right back to what we started talking yeah. about in the beginning of this podcast, which is that it's okay to still think about what feels good to you, even when you're in an air quotes giving role, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that, that you have a right to. And also pleasure. you can apply that to the receiving end. I'm just using my own experiences because what happens, I'll be in, you know, a really amazing space with my partner and then we'll start on, you know, like fingering or some sort of playful activity and I will just get in my head of like, oh, I'm not coming fast enough. I'm not coming fast enough. And then he can kind of feel me kind of shut down. My pussy responds with like kind of, you know, drying up. And I'm like, fuck. And then I'm like, fuck, my pussy's dry now. It's like this cycle. Mm -hmm. And this happens to me because I get in my head about not coming fast enough. And I really do try to check into my body again. But I can feel the the non-pleasure loop happening, which is not helpful for anyone. And then I get just back I just play that in my head and then it's almost like traumatic for me where I'm like I don't even want to go into a a sexual experience because like what if I don't come fast enough Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of a lot of clients actually of of all genders who don't really like oral sex because they get to this place of enduring Mm -hmm. where it feels like pressure to have to have an experience and when that's not happening or not happening at the pace with which they are feel like their partner or lover is expecting then they then they start to shut down Mm -hmm. and then that can be a very disconnecting experience and and quite painful Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean it's it's totally something that i kind of relate to my vibrator because I do use it so often. So I've been trying to take a break and, and I'll come back. And, and, and so I think about it like, Oh, if I use my vibrator, perhaps I come faster, but it's not about coming fast. Like that's what I have to remember. I just am trying to be mindful of him and his time. And that's where it all comes. Well, you're, you're caretaking. Yeah. yeah. You're caretaking him. Cause you're like, you're worried about him. Is, is his neck cramping up? Is he liking or is this? His, is he yeah. Is his forearm getting a cramp? Yeah. That's what totally. I just think yeah. about all of, of these parts. So this is helpful. And sometimes it's it's fine, and I can really tap into my body. But sometimes I'd say, more often than not, I am in my head about the 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 quickness of how, when I can orgasm. And when we hadn't, I, I talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. A totally um, set set all destinations aside, sexual experience with each other. It was so awesome. We both orgasm, and I had just told him before. I was like, we're lighting candles. There's no destination here. We're just in it for yeah, the ride and that yeah. was so helpful for both of us and it's hard to do that every time though to like check in with each other um, but I think that I need to do that just knowing how heady I am and what I would suggest is just to um, invite him maybe even explicitly ask like can you tell me when you're enjoying it can you let me know that you're enjoying giving and can you promise that if you're getting tired or wanting to change something up, that you'll take the initiative and do that. And here are my toys. We can put them on the bed. They're at your disposal if you want to use them on me or with me. Um, And we can also switch to something else entirely. Um, And I know that I'm going to be able to enjoy more if I can trust you to take care of you Mm. and to communicate that you're enjoying it so that I can really surrender into receiving. That's yes, like excellent. an understanding that we'll yeah we'll take care of ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. we're like we yeah, are, but I think that having that conversation, the 
most people are not having is really helpful, then we can get out of our heads. Okay, I, I know. Yeah. I'm sure it still comes up. They said they're going to take care of themselves. Yeah, I'm still in my head worried about them. It's probably a process totally. of, of having experiences where you experience someone else taking care of themselves and you know, calling, letting you know when they need to pause or slow down or whatever that is. But yeah, I think that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's just communication. We're both givers too. We mm-hmm. both enjoy giving, and they both get off on on, on each other's <laughs> pleasure. Like when, so Where they want to be the best. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this many times. Well, that's past. actually beautiful <laughs> that you're both givers because that really allows you the opportunity to fall into these pleasure loops. So mm-hmm. let me let me give like another example of Please. how that could go down. Yes. Okay. So rather than being in your head worrying about, um, you know, are you taking too long, or what a lot of my clients worry about. Are they smelling bad, tasting bad, looking bad, et cetera, right? Um, To be able to name the elephant in the room, so say what it is that you're needing. I need to just know that you'll take care of yourself. I need to know what feels good to you, et cetera. And to be a very um, communicative receiver, so displaying your desire when something feels good. And if you have a hard time verbally displaying desire, I like tapping my lovers when something feels really good so that they know that I'm enjoying it. And having the giver, in this case your partner, um, communicating how much he loves going down on you Mm -hmm. and how beautiful you look and how excited he is to get to give you pleasure. And so rather than this kind of disconnection loop that is happening as you're both kind of worrying about the other person, what happens instead is that through this communication that's happening verbally and non-verbally, he gets to see how much you're enjoying receiving and you're going to get to see how much he's enjoying giving. Mm -hmm. And as you can see his enjoyment of giving both through his verbal affirmations and, you know, through his touch and, you know, even encouraging him to make noises as he's giving, right? As you can see how much he's enjoying giving, you can really surrender, relax, and receive. And as you're receiving and really allowing yourself to open up, it's going to make him even more excited in this place of giving. And then you're going to see him getting even more excited about giving, which is going to help you receive even more. And this is that pleasure loop that I'm talking about, where one person's pleasure helps the other person receive and experience more pleasure, which makes the giving even more enjoyable, Mm -hmm. right? And that comes from this sense of being able to uh, be intuitive, to be able to intune, but most importantly, to be able to continue to touch for your own pleasure and to create spaces for communication. Mm. And it just seems like it's a a loop that can just keep on going. It's like endless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh I have had moments... Uh, and experiences that have been in line with that sort of those behaviors where we have kind of um, been more vocal uh, and it has been really pleasurable. It's just hard to tap into that every time. These are better tools, I think, than actually being aware of and present with what, you know, one another likes. I like that. I just think of the infinity sign going mm-hmm. over and over and There's over again. Yeah, looping. Yeah, <laughs> looping. Uh-huh. And yeah. so that's beautiful. Yeah. And realizing that pleasure is one of the many awesome byproducts we have from sex, mm-hmm. right? Intimacy, having experiences of safety and vulnerability, learning how to better communicate, all of these things are also complete successes. And so even if like a specific sexual encounter doesn't result in the biggest orgasm that you've had, like are, the, are there other things that you're getting out of it, which is sometimes just a sense of exploration or discovery, and other times is a sense of emotional and physical closeness that can come from not always having a home run and still being able to love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, might even be more fulfilling that way because there's yeah, deep deep connection there doesn't have to have always end in the same fireworks no. every time. And that's also keep, that can keep relationships, that can keep it spicy, fiery, that can make it more exciting because every time isn't the same experience. It can change from totally. day to day, from hour to hour. And, you know, there are days that I've been really stressed or maybe I'm grieving over something or something is going on in my personal life. And it doesn't matter how many embodiment exercises I do or how much I name the elephant in the room. I'm going to be somewhat divorced from my own sense of pleasure because I'm just not in a place where I can receive in the same with the same capacity. And in the past, I would have just not engaged sexually in those times. And now what I'm realizing is that Sometimes the soothing and the and the comfort that can come from that kind of intimacy is exactly what I need, even if that doesn't mean that I'm going to have 
an explosive orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so you, okay. So, well, well uh, before I ask you this question, because you have all these workshops and offerings, is there anything else that you want to leave our um, listeners with about this process, the, the, the loop and all that? Did we, did we miss any points that they're going to be there? Like, what the hell? Well, I, I think that you, you, given all this, you probably have everything that you need in your toolkit. But I would also just want to name one more point for the people out there that practice non-monogamy, mm-hmm. you might be familiar with this term compersion, mm-hmm. which is this act of taking pleasure in your partner's pleasure. So if I'm dating Sue and Sue is dating Joe and I'm really excited for Sue's excitement in dating Joe, that's compersion. It might even go a level deeper where I think Sue is so amazing, I'm going to take pleasure in Joe's pleasure of my partner Sue. Mm. Because mm. Sue is so fantastic. I want the world to get to experience how amazing she is. That's a deeper level of compersion. Mm. And what I, one thing that I want to offer is what would it be like if we take this notion outside of just a non-monogamous context and apply it to actual f- sexual intimacy and pleasure, right? That there's this beautiful practice of compersion that can happen when you take pleasure in your partner's pleasure, even if you're not receiving any stimulation in that moment. And I think that... Again, it's just important to reiterate that removing any kind of agenda or end game or expectation and pressure really creates the potential to access this kind of compersion. Mm-hmm. Because if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like you're calculating or strategizing, um, then it's just going to be so much harder to have this be a part of your emotional experience. And I think that when we can relate to one another with this form of compersion, that true intimacy and even deeper level of pleasures can be found. It seems like it's one of those things that you need to get out of your own way to, to do that, right? Is to yeah. really like get out of your own way and just to fully show up for this other person and aside from your own story and your own agenda of how, how they're not showing up for you or mm-hmm. you know whatever the wounding is and just to really tap into what they're experiencing. This is something I actually talk to people about when I teach my blowjob classes. And a lot of the people I'm teaching to are mostly female-identified folks. Um, when I say, you know, try to find a way to uh, tap into the pleasure that you're giving this person as a means of you experiencing pleasure, like look at them experiencing pleasure and then understand that you are a part of that and to kind of get high off of that. And a lot of them um, have a hard, just have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, there's like this idea that... Uh, I need to to experience pleasure. I need to personally experience it. Um, But I have definitely had these experiences where I actually through oral sex. I remember like I've had a few of these where I've um, was going down at a lover at, at, at the time and their orgasm that they had somehow it's the, it triggered this like orgasmic process in me. And I, there wasn't anything I was doing differently other than being completely present for what was going on. And it was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's easier said than done, right? I can't just press a button and always do that every time. Like, whoa, I just had an orgasm because you did. Um, but it is something I've experienced through that of showing up and being present and, and really like eating up <laughs> kind of, you know, oral sex, but the, every little ounce of their pleasure that they're yeah. experiencing. And mm. so then not only just breathing into your genitals, but breathing into your heart mm-hmm. and the generosity that can live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yummy. So yeah. you do a lot. You have workshops. You work with clients privately. Um, you, you 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 have a lot of offerings, and um, and I know you also have a free gift for our listeners I too. Do. Yes, can you tell our listeners a little more about all of these wonderful things? Sure, I'll start with a free gift. Woo-hoo, because that's like probably <laughs> the juiciest thing what out there. Um, if you go to my website, which is turnon.love/slash/free-gift, then you can download my four-step guide to deepening intimacy and pleasure. I have a bunch of handouts in there that are really useful, including the guide to my pussy, which is a great Mad Libs uh, document that helps you figure out what it is that your own pussy likes and how to then share that with your lovers. And if you're out there and you don't have a pussy, but you play with pussies, it's really useful and fun and generous to share with your lovers as well. Um, as, as well as some other great things in that handout. So I would recommend checking that out. And then I also offer coaching for individuals and for couples, both in person and virtually via video chat. And when I'm doing coaching with my clients, I'm helping them learn how to create emotional, physical, and sexual intimacy 
by prototyping it with them so that they then have the skills that they need to learn how to do that in their everyday relationships. So that might be like, how do I get out of my head and in my body? Or how do I touch for my own pleasure? Or how do I say or hear no and stay in connection? How do I escalate and de-escalate and seduce? How do I reconnect with lovers and partners when feelings are hurt or boundaries get crossed? How do I share my own boundaries? Mm -hmm. How do I reignite the spark in my relationship or open up my relationship or heal from affairs, right? There's just a really long list of things I work with my clients on. And if you go to my website, there's a whole coaching tab so that you can learn more about that work. And then I offer a bunch of workshops. I think I have about 15 in rotation right now. And uh, how to be an intuitive lover is one of them, which talks a lot about the material we talked about today, as does another workshop I teach called How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. Mm, mm. Nice. <laughs> yes, which I think I will hopefully be back on the show to talk about. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, we're doing that one. Um, and How to Eat Pussy definitely talks a lot about uh, the topics we talked about today. As you can imagine, the crossover is, is there. I also teach workshops on navigating non-monogamy, on going to play parties, on creating passion, romance, and dominance in your relationships, on how to pick your person so you can develop a better filter and know who you want to connect with. The list is long. If you go to my website, there's a whole page for workshop descriptions. I teach mostly in the Bay Area right now, but workshops will be going up online in 2019. And you're mm-hmm. teaching a workshop very soon in San Francisco, right? I am. Well, I'm teaching a workshop tomorrow. Uh, well, this will be, be last week. That's right. I'll yeah. be teaching next week, the week that this airs. Uh-huh. I'll be teaching sleaze-free seduction skills uh, in Oakland, awesome. which helps you learn how to get freaky without being creepy. Ah, yeah, I like that. So that's December 5th in Oakland. That's December 5th. That's nice. right. And then also in December, I'm teaching the Tantric Path to Intimacy, Mastering Non-Monogamy, which is my 201 level non-monogamy course, and How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. Nice. How to get freaky without being creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's it's a useful skill yeah. <laughs> and it's also really yeah. useful for women who are used to taking a more passive approach mm-hmm. to dating and intimacy like how do you start to initiate and mm. seduce and advocate for your own desires and hit on mm. that cute person you see across the room right? yeah I, it's funny when i'm out I'll, I, if i get hit on and i'll be with a group of you know females female identified like my friends that are like, ew, he just came up and I'm super always nice. Like, oh, I really appreciate that. That's so flattering. Like, that was creepy. I'm like, why are you being that, yeah. so mean? Like, at least give him credit. If he came up and groped me or, you know, you know, dr- drug my drink, then we could call him creepy. But I'm like, just putting yourself out there isn't a bad thing. There's like yeah. this, uh, this idea of like, who is he to hit on me or, yeah. you know, or vice versa, I'm sure. But it's, it is just like, eh, it's not helping anyone. I'm like, don't be mean. Yeah. We don't need to yeah. be mean. Just give yeah. him credit. And I yeah. always give him credit. I'm like, yeah, thank, I, you. Yeah, th- thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, thank it's, you so much. And, and continue on you, your you journey to, and <laughs> continue hitting on women yeah, good luck or to you. men, whatever you're into, <laughs> yeah. any, any gender. Yeah. I think that's so smart. I always like to yeah. celebrate somebody's courage and asking totally. or to celebrate their desire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 More of that, everyone. More of that. More All celebration. Right. Yay. Well, okay. So I'm just going to remind everyone of your website. It's turn on dot love and the free gift was at turn on dot love backslash free gift. That's right. And, and you can also sign up for my mailing list on the website. And I always offer discounts for all of my events. So that would be a good way to stay in touch as well. Go check it Great. out, even if you're not on the Bay Yummy, area. yummy, juicy information, yeah. materials. And uh, our we'll listeners are stoked. And we'll have you back for the How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. Oh, that's yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, and then before we do our, um, before we before we leave, um, thank you so much, oh, Allie, Dr. Allison. Really Nash. my pleasure. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be doing more. And then um, I just wanted to give a little shout out to our listeners too. Um, workshop wise because it is the holidays whatever holidays you celebrate or maybe you don't celebrate holidays but maybe it just should be a holiday for you um, we are offering for the month of December 20% off of our online workshop which is for female identified folks it's how to be a badass in the bedroom uh, it is a workshop with four videos each are under 30 minutes you get all of these uh, sexy practices and homework 
um, ways to really put these things in practices. They're experiential practices. You can work directly with us as well, which is awesome because we will directly answer your sex questions, both April and I. Uh, and all work can be done at home or online. So you can do it in your own time. So this is available, 20% off. Oh, yeah, you need a code. <laughs> it's a SHAMELESS20 in all caps. If you go to our website at shamelesssex.com, go click on the workshop and you can work directly with us that way. Maybe a good gift for you or Maybe for we'll take you on vacation else. to Hawaii. We're taking them Just to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to Hawaii, but we wow. Are. Just All thought right. I'd throw that in there. All right. That's a big promise. <laughs> and then you get a Lamborghini. A new car. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. That's our free gift. That's yeah. our free gift. <laughs> <laughs> we need to up my game. Yeah, yeah, right. up your free gift. Okay. No. All right. Well, this is so fun. Thank you for having us, Allie, and thank you for all the amazing information. I know that I'm going to be able to apply that in my life going forward. This is one of those podcasts that I need to re-listen to like three times. Me too. I was thinking notes. about that. I wanted to look at the You're time. Like, I should have recorded. Stamp. Oh wait, I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, it's great. I'm going to refer to this for sure. So like, yeah. thank you. Thank share, you so share with me how it works. I oh, always yeah. love to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we love will for sure. Uh, and to all of our listeners out there, thank you for being you and for tuning in every Tuesday or whenever you choose to listen. We appreciate and love you and honor you and all the things. Massage you and wherever you'd like to be massaged. More, more false offers. <laughs> <laughs> so please, if you enjoy listening to us, give us a review on iTunes. We love the five stars. We read every single review. And yeah. That's it for now. Ciao, everyone. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.